The Brightest Spark, Copyright Serenia Murthy, 2018, May 6, 2017. I wasn't feeling well this morning, so I thought I'd stay home. Stevie, however, felt differently about the matter. Can't say as I blame her. When you've faked sick as much as I have, you can't really get upset with people when they call you on Calling Wolf. The wolf came out in gym class and I was rushed to the nurse's office. She called Stevie and told her I was being taken to memorial. I knew my sister would immediately start guilting herself out, so I attempted to set her mind at ease. Hey, if I don't make it, I called in a congested pity me because I'm so sick voice. I didn't have to pretend. I had just thrown up lunch. Clear my search history. Stevie didn't say anything. The nurse rolled her eyes. The call ended and the ambulance showed up. To memorial, I went. They examined me and ruled out appendicitis. I forgot to mention this earlier. When Stevie came in, I saw the worry lines on her face. You good? She asked. I gave her a thumbs up. I got a thumbs up, she said into her phone. I hadn't realized she was on with somebody. Who are you talking to? I asked. Dad, she said. I wanted to talk to him, so I extended my hand and she gave me the phone. Hey, Dad, I said. Hey, you okay, buddy? He asked in a voice full of concern. I felt kind of touched. Stevie had already told him that I was okay, but he still wanted to hear it from me. Yeah, it was just much ado about barfing, I said, and he laughed. He started asking me what I had had for lunch, and I was in the middle of briefing him when Stevie rudely snatched the phone back. I was about to yell at her when a headline on the TV screen caught my eye. She must have seen it first. Bomb goes off in the heart of Rome. My heart lurched. Rome was where mom was. She's fine, Stevie said to me, and my heart warmed towards her. Dad must have filled her in. How do you know? Stevie fretted into the phone. Because I work for the government, I heard Dad say in a laughing tone. So I knew he was okay, too. I tuned them out and watched the news. A familiar phrase caught my ear. Our daughter is a pretty terrific person. Oh, blech. Would he never get tired of saying this? Wait, our daughter? Is mom on? I asked suspiciously. Dad conferenced her in, Stevie said. Well, let me talk to them. I extended my hand. She hesitated. I raised my eyebrows as if to say, they're my parents too, and in case you haven't noticed, I'm the one who's sick. She seemed to see the justice of this and gave me the phone. I was glad. I didn't want to make a big deal out of it, especially when Rome was burning, but it had kind of bugged me when Stevie said earlier, he's fine, I told the school not to bother you, as if I were some kind of thing or object that anyone could handle instead of, you know, my parents' son. Hi, Mom, I said. Hi, honey, she said warmly. How are you feeling? Okay, I said. I'm sorry you're sick, sweetheart, she went on. No worries, I told her. No appendicitis. I'm so glad, she said. I was so worried when the school called. Well, you're my mom, I said. It kind of comes with the territory. What? She sounded confused. Nothing, I said. Stevie was frowning at me. We heard about Rome. Are you out of danger? Yes, mom assured me. I'm perfectly fine. Great, I said. I guess the medication was starting to kick in because I was feeling a little woozy. I'll talk to you later. Bye, mom. Bye, dad. Bye, they both said. Stevie took the phone and heard a dial tone. Ha! We glared at each other. Don't make mom feel guilty, she scolded. Don't act like you can take her place, I returned, and I think I fell asleep while her mouth was still open. May 8th, 2017. I came home the same day. Stevie and I kind of forgot about our fight. 
I guess she cut me some slack because I had been in the hospital. She made me her special ginger tea when we got home. It tasted good. I slept on the couch for most of today. When I woke up, Stevie was at the front door talking to Russell Jackson. I strained to hear what they were saying. Look, it had been a long two days of taking meds and sleeping them off. I was desperate for fresh data. Law school can wait, Stevie was saying. Oh, hell, not this again. Mom and Dad were going to flip. I attempted to take some satisfaction in the fact that they would no longer think she was such a terrific person. It was minimal at best and non-existent at worst. Stevie said something about how our parents needed her and Mr. Jackson needed her. He said this sounded presumptuous. It went against the grain, but I had to agree. He was the White House Chief of Staff. What could he possibly need her for? Stevie said something else. Mr. Jackson said, McCords, in that way he does when more than one member of this family is bugging him. I heard the door close and I went back to sleep. I woke up at midnight wondering if I dreamed at all. I'm reading this entry over and it sounds totally outlandish. May 10th, 2017. Okay, so it wasn't a dream. We were having dinner. Mom and Dad looked kind of sad. Stevie looked both stubborn and bummed out. Hey, how did your interview with Harvard go? Allison asked, blithely traipsing where shrewd parents dared not tread. I didn't make it, Stevie admitted. What, they made their decision already? I asked, bewildered. No, Stevie sighed. I didn't go to the interview. What? I asked. How come? She looked away. You were in the hospital and I had to come. Oh, for crying out loud. Well, it's not like anyone at Harvard never had a medical emergency, I said impatiently. Couldn't you explain what happened? She vacillated. Well, I could have. I mean, Mr. Jackson arranged it. Wait, I was beginning to see daylight. Is that what he was here about? You saw him? She sounded perplexed. Heard him. Thought it was a dream. Well, I decided not to go. I'm needed here more. Honey, that's just not true, Dad protested mildly, as if he were trying not to spook a horse. Your dad's right, Mom said, going all Carol Brady on us. Jason only has two more years of high school left. Oh, great. So this was all my fault? I was so indignant I didn't even hear what they said next. My mind's made up, Stevie said. I'm staying here. Don't do me any favors. I... The Brightest Spark Copyright Serenia Murthy, 2018. Oh, great. So this was all my fault? I was so indignant I didn't even hear what they said next. My mind's made up, Stevie said. I'm staying here. Don't do me any favors, I heard myself say. Now they were all looking at me. I hate it when my brain doesn't make contact with my mouth. What is that supposed to mean? Stevie demanded indignantly. It means I don't want to be the reason you hit the pause button on your life the second time. Stevie looked mad and also at a loss for words. You don't know what you're talking about, she said finally. That's usually the case, but I have been known to occasionally hit the mark. Even a broken clock is right twice in a day. Why are you acting like this? I demanded in a frustrated tone. Like what? She sounded equally frustrated. Like you're afraid. Like you can't move forward. So what if you had a few setbacks? Her eyes widened. I did not have... I mean, who cares if Harvard rejected you? Who cares if Jared's family didn't like you? I still think you were meant to do more with your life than be Madam Secretary's live-in nanny. There was a long silence. Stevie opened and closed her mouth like a fish. 
Your dad and I feel the same way, mom finally said, although I wouldn't have put it in those words exactly. Stevie flung down her napkin. Why is everyone getting on my case? She glared around at us. What do you care anyway? She demanded. I do care, I said. Why? She folded her arms. Because, I paused. There's only room for one slacker in this family and it doesn't get to be you. Not anymore, she said, and then we left. both left the table. I came downstairs at around 1 a.m. and found Stevie in the kitchen. Hey, I said. Hey, she said. It's kind of hard to stay mad when it's the middle of the night and you're half asleep and your hair is all tousled. I set about fixing myself a glass of milk. Stevie watched me. Round two, she invited, raising her fists and eyebrows. Nah, I've said my piece, I replied. I don't waste words. She shifted in her seat. Jason, you don't understand, she said. Yeah, I think we established that. I mean, it's not like I'm doing nothing. Working at the White House is a really prestigious... The brightest spark, I interrupted her. What? She halted, confused. That's how Principal Higgins described you, I said, at your high school graduation. The brightest spark to ever emerge from the hallowed halls of Westcott High. Remember? He said it right before your valedictorian speech, Stevie and I concluded together. A film of nostalgia settled over her eyes. She fiddled with her straw. I haven't thought about that in years. She looked down at her drink. I can't believe you remember that, she murmured, a smile spreading across her face. Course I do, I retorted. SAT score of 1500, scholarship to Lovell. It was a big day for the McCords. Yeah, Stevie laughed. Those were the days, huh? You were the best at everything, I said. I can't count the number of times Allie came home crying because she had placed second in something while you took all state honors. Stevie shook her head. Poor Allie, she reflected. Except Allie's on track, Stevie, I reminded her. Yeah, she nodded. She's going to her first choice. I'm happy for her. Me too, I agreed. It's just, how come you're content to sit back and let mom take her shot? Don't you want to take your shot too? Stevie looked a little taken aback at my phrasing. She played with her straw. The work mom does is really important, she said. It just, it feels like an honor to even be a part of that, to help make that happen. Yeah, I get that, I agreed. Being a White House intern, it's not nothing, she said. No, I know, I agreed. It's just, everyone else in that room is a lawyer. I'll go to law school one day, she said. You know, once mom's term is over. But it'll be harder then, I protested. You and Jareth will be married. You'll have kids. Not at the rate we're going, she replied, and we both laughed. Stevie shifted in her seat. Seriously, Jason, why do you care so much? She demanded. I'm worried about you, I said, and her smile faded. I don't want to see you get left behind. And not just because I might have to live in your basement one day. We both laughed. She placed her hand over mine. You don't have to worry, she said. I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to get left behind. Well, good, I said, as long as we got that cleared up. I finished my milk. Good night, sis. Good night, she said. I started to go upstairs. As I passed her, she gave me a friendly punch. And here I thought you'd be happy I was staying, she complained. You practically sang a rhapsody about my lunches. Oh, I still plan to collect on those, I assured her.